Hello there and welcome to another episode of So You Think That Was Good, Do You? A podcast where we usually take a look back at the films from our childhood and question the absurdity of their universes. But today we're finishing up our Watchathon Spectacular of Obi-Wan Kenobi on Disney+. Plus. I'm Evan, and this week I'm joined once again by Sam and Carl. That's right! Once again, Sam is back by popular demand. Throw me a hello there, boys. Hello, boys, and yeah, you can relax. Look, I was I was in Cambodia. I was living it up. I was sitting in the sun. I thought I'd chuck on a. So you think that was good? Do you? And I heard the desperate pleas. I had. I knew I had to come back. So I'm back now. I like that you say that we're um mostly a podcast that does movies from our childhood. Where I mean, based on the episodes we've done, we are ex- almost exclusively an Obi Wan podcast. Yes. Yeah. We start again at episode one next week. I've also decided that uh, last episode sort of mirrored the show that we're watching, and that Sam Sam knew that we couldn't do this alone, and then he just fucked off and ditched us. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I did it. I like being thematically appropriate. Right, Sam. We're here. Final episode of Obi Wan Kenobi. You do far better plot summaries than I, as we found out last week. So why don't you hit us up? Why don't you you give it to me? Yeah, I've not planned any of this, so it's going to be a bit all over the place, but let's see how it goes. So we open out following on from the last episode, which I've now caught up on. End of the last episode, we watched Reva die. And in her last kind of throes of death, crawl over to this communicator. So obviously at the start of this episode, she's back on her feet, seemingly feeling completely fine. (laughs) And yeah, lightsabers... They don't do the same damage as they used to, do they? They don't hit like they used to. In this show, you could you could take a couple of lightsabers to the chest. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Lightsabers to the chest, rocks to the face. It all comes out in the wash. <laughs> uh, so anyway, she's chasing up Luke. She's back on Tatooine, and so are we. Um, she kind of intimidates the locals, finds him, uh, spooks him, and then leaves him alone. That's what's happening in one thread of the plot. Um, and the far more interesting thread of the plot, Obi-Wan has abandoned the life craft, taking the singular, um, what do they call them, life boat with him uh, to head down to a little rocky planet and face off with Vader. Because that's what heroes do. So we get the, yeah, exactly. So we get the big battle that we were waiting for, which uh, was, you know, pretty epic proportions. Um and then we watch, yeah, Obi-Wan with his brand new magical powers overpower Vader. <laughs> and then kind of the, we get the thir- the last third of the episode, which is sort of just tying up loose ends, I think. Yeah, yeah, there was a lot of that towards the end. I kept checking the time because it all seemed to be happening by maybe the, the midway mark. Um, but a good chunk of this was credits as well. I don't know if you noticed that. But I mean, I mean... That's not new. That has been all of them. Yeah, it is. Yeah, all of them have been a good chunk credits at this point. Our uh, six one-hour episodes have been 37 minutes and 23 minutes of credits for the most part, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, th- I feel like, I don't know, we'll probably get into it later, but they really saved all the fan service for this one. This was a lot of, oh, he said the thing, he did the pose. Yeah. But a lot of that. I mean, the pose is something I'm hoping Evan will... I just saw a lot of people on Reddit got very excited, and I was just yes. like, yeah. Evan will know. Why would I Google it? Oh, I don't, yeah, I don't know the pose. I don't think I've got the background. Well, we'll get to that as we move through the uh, through the episode. There's a few, th- Colin's right there. I like, at the end, there's a lot of things, a lot of repeated lines from other films we've seen. 
It was like, oh yeah, you love this shit, don't you guys? You love this shit. You, you got to the end. This is what you get. Yeah, definitely. So where do we start? Um, uh, I want to start with Obi-Wan, seeing as this is who the show has been about. Um, and the first thing I questioned at the beginning of this episode, so when they're on the lifeboat, let's, let's skip all the Reaver stuff. I, I don't think that's too interesting, yeah. unless either of you has anything to say on it. But So Obi-Wan on the ship, uh, you know, he's very afraid, obviously, uh, for all the people there and for himself. But what but I Evan. couldn't... Fear leads to the dark side. Okay, yes, it does. <laughs> Damn, I should have thought of a comeback for that. <laughs> I probably did in the shower after the episode weeks. that we had. Damn, why didn't I say that? Um, yeah, I couldn't tell if uh, when Obi-Wan was there, whether or not he was, he didn't want to fight Vader because he was afraid to die, or if he was just afraid to die and, and therefore, you know, fail his mission, not be able to train Luke. Because to me, it very much seemed like he he thought he would lose against Vader if he fought him again. I don't know what thoughts you boys have on that. I mean, I didn't really go into analysis of his mindset or anyone's mindset, really. I was looking at this on a very surface level. I did question when did he get good? Because there hasn't been that much time that's passed since the last fight with Vader. And yet in this one, he Mm. completely fucking trounces him. And I can only assume it's the power of friendship and self-belief yes that is i think that's something that especially the disney era of star wars now is it is much about how much you believe in yourself your self-confidence that allows you to access that that sort of power now um yeah i don't know if it was that different before it's always been how arrogant you are is how powerful you are you know to some degree so um i don't think i minded that too much i guess so and yet somehow a show that nerds love but uh, my reading into the whole thing was uh, based on the conversation he had with Reaver in the last one, where she didn't believe he could kill Anakin, I think he was of the same opinion. That the reason he was having those doubts beforehand was he didn't really believe that brought face to face he would be able to do what was required. But he didn't, so. <laughs> Proved himself right. Smart guy. Yeah, they gave him a little out there. Quite nice of him. Um, I'm not actually Anakin. <laughs> you don't have to kill me. I'm another dude. <laughs> I've actually already killed that guy, so you don't have to do it. We're on the same side. <laughs> um, talking about that that little boat scene, the, the the one thing I really didn't like about this episode, and it's been a, a running theme throughout, is Harja's little jokey joke with Obi-Wan. Because um, this is a very to... serious scene where everyone scene. is afraid. Uh, sorry, that when they're on the lifeboat... Okay, I was very uh, lost. Think, no, sorry. So when they're on the, the rebel ship, the path yeah. ship, oh my God, I've gotten all of this wrong. Um, before Obi-Wan leaves on that lifeboat, I've started calling them out. I'm not sure that's actually, yeah, it is a lifeboat. Is it? That's what I called the it. But I, I, I've got to assume there's a Star Wars word for it, but I don't know what it is. Yes, I should, I should know and I'm failing you. Um, this is the only reason we brought you back every week. Yes. <laughs> that and to do the intro, because <laughs> it's scary. <laughs> Uh, but but Hodge has this little, what well, it seems like a, an attempt at levity in the moment, but it felt so out of place to me. It was so Marvel's humour. My uh, problem it with didn't really fit into this. My problem with Kamel Nanjani, and I keep bringing it up, and I don't mean to, is he always comes across as disingenuous, like yes. he's trying to be sarcastic. And in that moment where we were supposed to believe that he'd changed as a person, I was just like, is he is he joking? Is he not joking? I'm not sure. Almost like they had to get him to say, I know you might not believe me because I didn't know whether I was supposed to believe him. Mate, Nanjani, no, he's yeah. too aloof. He can't do this. He's an aloof man. 
That's all I had to say about him. <laughs> I, I, you know what I will say? <laughs> what I will say is that on that life, no, not lifeboat, whatever we're calling it, the rebel ship. Let's not call it a lifeboat at this I point. I came around, I realised that I've, I don't mind Leia now. I quite like Leia's character. Um, yeah, I've come me around too. To, she annoyed me a bit in episode one, but since then she's grown on me. Him, not so much. I feel, no, yeah, I feel like we finally got the answer to what we've discussed in previous with why does she keep almost reading people? And it was kind of covered in this with it was traits of her mother was what they yes. went with. Yeah. That ability that I, I guess I, I'm in, I have not been to near the sequels, prequels in a very long time. I don't know if that's something she is famous for, but that's what they were going for. So I was glad they cleared it up. I have watched them not that long ago and I don't, I didn't identify that as part of Padme's character. Her character, at least in the last one, was mostly crying and... People love those movies now, be careful. <laughs> Me among them. <laughs> um, but she was a politician. I guess that's those are the, the qualities he's describing. Um, and we're supposed to feel some some empathy for she was, her since she did she was a, die from Santa. She was a politician next to Palpatine, so she can't really be known for seeing through people. <laughs> but then no one can. Yeah. True. Oh, I don't want to jump ahead too far, but how awesome was it to see Palpatine at the end? Who is now the Emperor? Well, that um, I was going to mention this before when we were talking about how much this kind of, I don't want to say dragged on, but how it petered out towards the end instead of ending on a you know high note. That scene with Vader and Palpatine where Imperial March starts playing. I don't know if that track has played previously in this series, but that to me felt like such a great end of the episode scene and then there was another 20 minutes of episode yes there was a fair bit of epilogue after the the fight scene should have been like the very last thing we saw before that emperor Darth Vader thing and then then you know 50 minutes of credits finally <laughs> I think you're right 15 to 23 minutes of credits yeah <laughs> but I, th- I think it's because like initially like they're talking about future series now but the idea initially was one and done and I think they wanted to try and explain how He's gone from, I have to hunt this guy, I've got to find this guy, to 10 years of paying him no mind. I think that was where they had to shove this scene in and a few other scenes. Just how did it go from this to... Oh yeah, you. (laughs) (laughs) Sense something I haven't sensed since three weeks ago. (laughs) That was another one of my qualms with this, is that Afterwards, after everything that's gone down, you know, Leia's been captured twice at least by the Empire. She's a known affiliate to Obi-Wan. And yet, in the 10 years afterwards, they just kind of leave her alone and forget who she is. To be fair, she also forgets who he is, so it's fine. Uh, but I think they kind of allude to that. in uh, So at the end of the episode, after Leia's returned, uh, Jimmy Schmidt's Bail Organa, I love Jimmy Schmidt's book. What a legend. Um, He says that the Empire is growing in power and that's why people should be afraid. So I think we're supposed to assume the Empire doesn't have control over everything yet. You know, people have still got some agency and because Alderaan is such an important place in the the political system of Star Wars, maybe it's kind of untouchable for the moment because you you don't really see any Empire military there or anything. They've got their own military forces and seem to be fairly independent from it. So maybe it's just far enough away for them to be kind of out of reach of that. You so say they have their own military forces? 
Well, yeah, yeah, you saw them um, in those costumes. Is peaceful, we have no weapons. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I like how I've, uh, I feel like I've played the long game here of, now I know nothing about Star Wars, Ev. <laughs> you just looked up quotes to stuff <laughs> just me randomly <laughs> Just quote it at you all the time. Uh, I know we say, uh, we said, that we didn't want to jump about too much, but so at the same time, Reaver is on, on the planet with Luke. And we skipped over this at the beginning, but I just want to say how awesome it is to see Owen and Baru being a, a much larger part of this series now, because until now, I didn't understand why they'd really been brought, brought back other than just to confirm they were still there. But uh, they did some awesome stuff in this episode. Yeah, their contribution so far had been smoking yeah. in the doorway in A New Hope, but it was kind of, it, it rounded out the characters and you're like, oh, maybe when that happened, they actually put up a bit of a fight then, you know? A little bit of something about them, the people who raised this guy is meant to be the hero of the galaxy. Maybe they were the right people for the job. In A New Hope, I very much always felt that Luke well, was sort of just an adopted son and they treated him that kind of way. And that's why he was so whiny. But after seeing this, I can see, you know, there is that familial bond between them. I apologise, Sam. You jump in, brother. Well, look, why am I here if not to nitpick things about this episode? So I'm going to nitpick things about that scene. I mean, putting aside that I do wonder how Luke forgot about that time that a Sith Inquisitor came and tried to kill him. Putting that aside... Hit his head, mate. Um, Hit his head. Sorry, he bonked his head, so... They... So Owen and... What's her name? They... Baru. Baru. Okay. Baru <laughs> and Owen... They know that she's coming. They get their guns out. They're like, right, we know she's coming. We know where she's going to head. We're going to ambush her. And their plan to ambush her is leave Luke where he is, where she thinks that he is, and stand in a doorway and then shoot as she comes in. Like, yeah, I thought they were going to have like a set of traps or a number of like different doorways to defend, but it kind of went from shoot at her, miss, fuck, kick the plant pot yeah, quick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Their, their meticulously planned ambush fell apart within seconds. It's like they fired you one shot. You wanted a bit shot. more Home Alone action. They fired one shot. She was like, oh, well, obviously I knew this was going to happen. They're like, ah, oh, fuck. She got us. <laughs> Quick, hop through this little window. They also anyway. both stood in the, the, the same doorway together, or like a metre apart. If you're going to ambush someone, yeah, you want to be surrounding them. But yeah, I've like it spoke to their character, at least. Yeah, it wasn't a no. great plan, but there haven't been any good plans in this series they're, so far. They're good, honest people, not the brightest bunch. Does it, is this the part where we get to our big fight scene? I think we can get to the fight scene. Before we get to the actual yeah. fight scene, well, I've, I've... I want to do one more little nitpick, which is, is it not convenient Aren't we glad that he's back? the first planet... <laughs> that is nearby that Obi-Wan hops down onto has a nice, easy, breathable atmosphere and a nice open <laughs> space for a good fight right. scene. Okay. Has, has, has there ever been... Look. Has there ever been a Star Wars planet that wasn't breathable? I don't know. Probably not. But that's enough. That's, so yeah, that's when get picking to, done. You go. At least it wasn't sand. Old, at least it just wasn't yeah. a big desert. Uh, salt, actually. Well, Vader wouldn't have come down if that was the case. You must face him alone. I don't like sand. <laughs> but yeah, we got to Obi-Wan versus Vader 3. That I've called the thriller among the pillars. Ooh, so I was very, very proud very of at the time. Good. And 
I have had an, had an issue with all Disney Plus lightsaber fights so far. The choreography's been pretty dos. If we're talking Ahsoka when she fights the woman with the big metal stick, somehow is, and then even when Luke shows up in the Mandalorian to save them on that ship, I was always just like, I mean, when you compare it to the prequels, we are so far off. But this. This was... I mean, you could see these guys still cared about this stuff. I... Like, the effort had gone in. Com- like, these were the guys who'd done the prequels. They'd put that effort in originally, and they were going to do it justice this time, too. I felt. See, I agree. I like the choreography, but I still don't like the lightsabers. I feel like that is the problem with all Disney Plus Star Wars stuff. Uh, and it's mainly because of the, the the new props they use. But I also feel the... The visual effects on the lightsabers aren't the same either. And they don't feel like they're cutting through stuff. They don't look hot anymore. It's just sort of, they're batting against each other. They're slapping off rocks. And I did enjoy this and I don't want to nitpick too much, but that's my job. that does bother me a little bit. It doesn't feel like anyone's in any real danger of being hit, in by, being hit by a lightsaber. I do agree with the Luke one though, because he was slicing through stuff with it in those. So that was very cool. You can get stabbed through oh, yeah, the you chest. Get stabbed, and... But they've got a pointy edge. <laughs> And you're fine. You don't even need medical yeah. attention. <laughs> or a kiss. Mm. Good old force kiss. Yes. No, a kiss will kill you. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah. That's very true. Um, that and the big sad. <laughs> <laughs> In terms of... So how do we feel about this then? Um, I, I do want to say whole scene. that this was set up, at least to my eye, as a, very much a reference to the old Kurosawa movies that George Lucas was so interested in and, you know, drew a lot of inspiration from for Star Wars and is even the the look of Darth Vader's Ever. suit. That's why it looks so Ever. samurai-esque. Ever. Yes. I, I do no research for this. Okay. As soon as you said Kurosawa, I was like, okay, up my depth. Okay, he's a, a Japanese director and I knew films to name until this moment where now I'm on the spot. He's, he's, so um, I'll put them in in the edit. He's a really famous <laughs> he's a really famous Japanese director that everyone knows thanks to Ghost of Tsushima, I think. Oh, I didn't even put those together. Yes, yeah, there's a Kurosawa edit of that. You can play it in black and white with the subtitles and in Japanese. Yes, that is it. Yes, and so the, the way they're facing each other and it's like man versus man, that whole, the, the, the blocking of the shots was, in my mind, very reminiscent of that. Okay. And that's all well, I know. I'd like, to, I'd like to start at the start on this one. Okay, let. What's so exciting about this pose? Which pose are we talking Everyone's about? Everyone's very excited about the, the, the We're talking lightsaber over the top of the head, two fingers pointing forwards. Everyone was super hyped about it. Well, that was his pose before... Uh, a New Hope. Maybe he does it in that. I, I can't remember. But in Revenge no, of a Sith... Alec Guinness put no effort into yeah, no, those that poses. that was all this at the, the front. Oh, no, at the side. His, his lightsaber was barely on for most of that fight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, over the head, that's from Revenge of a Sith and from all of the Clone Wars. He's doing that shit all the time. Um, there's no like more meaning to that other than that. It's just that that was Obi-Wan's stance for beginning a fight, much like Qui-Gon's was at the side. And I think I've referenced this before, but he uses that to lull Darth Maul in when he kills him in the uh, Star Wars Rebels, because Darth Maul thinks he can use the same moveset to kill Obi-Wan that he did Qui-Gon, but that's what he was planning for. Nice touch. Oh, yes, yeah, very cool. That's why you're here. There is another fantastic reference right at the start of this fight. Darth Vader says to Obi-Wan, have you come to destroy me, Obi-Wan? And Obi-Wan says... I will do what I must. 
And that is a obvious callback to Revenge of the Sith, where Obi-Wan says that exact line before fighting Anakin on Mustafar. Uh-huh. Yeah, I recognise that. I, I remember that, yeah. yeah. I didn't. Missed all of this. Not a clue. Um, I paused and did a little fist pump and then rewinded and listened again. Um, my notes on this fight, my, my thoughts on this fight were far more surface level. I was just like, there's a lot of like force powers in this fight. And I like that. Mm-hmm. A lot of... Oh, I love that. Sort of whooshes and rock throws and earthquakes and that's sick. Loved all of that. The the palm to the ground and using the force to destroy the, the ground beneath Obi-Wan's feet. Awesome. Super cool. This is something I, I do want to mention. I love that this series is finally mixing force abilities in with lightsaber to lightsaber combat in a much more melded way. Like before we've seen pushes, we've seen the kisses, we've seen the strangles, <laughs> but this has just been so good for, because as a child, even as an adult, why am I pretending that I don't think about this? If I had the force, you do some interesting stuff with it, not just all the, the basic shit. Finally, we're seeing it. So going forward, how are they going to justify how this version of Obi-Wan becomes a new hope version of Obi-Wan who... 10 years from now can barely do a force push and can barely turn on his lightsaber. How are they going to explain that? I'm not sure that he's gone from basically being Superman in this one to he defeated the chosen he's, one twice in a row. He well, used it all up. Twice he used it attempts. all up in this fight. It's like when you ring out a ShamWow afterwards, it's all dry. <laughs> it's got no force left. <laughs> Referencing an episode that was left on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the only good joke from that episode. Um, so yeah, we. I really want to get into, assuming no one has anything more to say on this lightsaber fight, that scene, once that half of his mask has been removed. Yes. Oh, that was, like, even for me, that was emotional. The like, I felt that, and the mixture of sound where it was half, yes. I don't want to say James Earl Jones, half, half the re-speecher, <laughs> half Hayden Christensen, like, oh. Went right through you. I really enjoyed that. Like, it felt like real effort had gone into that scene. When Obi-Wan had beat him down, uh, just before he cut off the, the part of the helmet, and you heard him wheezing, because he batted his chest controls with his lightsaber hilt, and he starts struggling to breathe, did you also feel pity for him? My All, all I thought was probably more of a Sam issue. has been very pedantic. So like, he just got hit with 50 boulders and he was fine, but a couple of punches to the chest and he can't breathe. Right, enough. okay. Now that we've, since we've mentioned it. Yeah. Here we go. I, you, you, le- you leapt into this scene so quickly that I, I didn't want to interrupt it. But um, <laughs> did it not annoy anyone else that like, okay, all the force powers love that, love that shit, throwing boulders around. But in Obi-Wan's Night King scene, where he raises his arms up and he does his special attack <laughs> and... 50 boulders start rising up behind him and a storm of meteors hits Vader and they impact him like snowballs. Like, he's sort of knocked knocked aside a little bit. He's not even knocked off his feet. What's going on? I do have a question about this that maybe you can have an opinion on. Um, I was wondering if part of this is there's been a lot of backlash that in the sequels Ray can do everything. And is there almost like a, an effort to make the people that are, are more appreciated from older Star Wars movies more powerful now to show that they are on that level or further? Absolutely. Uh, with yeah. The, I think 
because we saw so many new force powers in the sequels we'd never seen before. There was that disconnect. And I think that's why we got floating boulders specifically because Ray does that in the sequels whilst meditating. And she does it to rescue the people at the end of The Last Jedi. Yeah. Oh, yes, yeah, she does. She lifts all those boulders. So, yeah. Is that your input, is it? <laughs> yeah. Well, yes, that is very much the case. You're right. Yeah, I, I wish I could contest it or, or give you more, but I think it is just this. I think a lot of people think that Dave Filoni and John Favreau are doing stuff so we don't think about the sequels or, you know, they're rewriting those. We're, we're moving to a place or maybe it's a separate... I've seen things that it's a, it's a separate universe, a separate timeline where they're going to carry on and they'll make a new sequel trilogy themselves. But that is not the case. Absolutely not. So much money was spent on those films. You can't just shit on Star Wars canon again in the same decade like Disney did when they bought it and just went, no, that's all EU. People aren't going to stand for that. So they're just tying everything up nicely as best as they can. Like you said, with characters, everyone is more comfortable with, uh, certainly now with the new love for for the prequels. Um, also, you're fucking traitors. I, I always love them, so fuck you. Okay, I'm going to pull us back to the plot because that's why I'm here. So the we, we now cut back to, now that Obi-Wan's done with that, we assume that he hops back in his ship, leaves Vader there, and heads straight to Tatooine. And all the way, he's crossing his fingers. No one's following him. Mm, I hope not. Um, no now, what happened to that Star Destroyer? Yeah. <laughs> Picking up the pieces of Anakin Skywalker. Yeah, exactly. Up true, yeah. The entire destroyer heads down to that little rocky planet. Anyway, we're back on Tatooine again. And we get a scene that I really enjoyed where um, where Owen and... Baru. Baru. Where Owen and Baru are standing two metres apart from each other, facing in the same direction, <laughs> showing Luke. <laughs> and I was like, that's... Yeah. Th- again... They're not the brightest tools in the box. It, it's like, it's not the best way of searching for someone. Yeah, they're not the sharpest sparks. So then Obi-Wan shows up. So then Obi-Wan up. offers to search the entire Dune Sea. <laughs> you guys stay here. Keep doing your little five-meter act. I'll pop out and search the entire planet. We'll find him. Yeah. But to be fair to them, Reva brought him back. So all good. Um, yeah, well, they were facing the wrong direction. Yeah. She was walking for ages. She was coming from the side. Sneaky. I've, see, I've mentioned this before, but I've felt really sorry for her through this. And that they constantly make her the threat to people we know yeah. survive this whole situation. Like She has an interrogation scene with Leia where we know Leia will be fine. And then she tries to kill Obi-Wan. And we're like, well, we know, we know when he dies. And then Luke again. And you're just like, well... She's never a real threat, is she? She can't ever really be threatening when we're all just like, well, she can't. So what's she going to do instead? Well, we know what she does instead now. What she does instead is kind of turn good um, or at least redeem herself. And I've got to assume that something's going to happen in what may or may not end up being series two. Because if not, where was she in the the original trilogy? See, I have a semi-rant on this. And I think we discussed it last week, Ev, that great episode, where I said, um, does it not feel almost like it wasn't supposed to be a TV series? It doesn't feel episodic in any way. It feels like a movie split over six episodes for some reason. And I now think that's because they took a movie 
and then decided to just implant whole different storylines and characters that they're going to move on into a different series after this. Maybe Andor or something. Andor something else. Um, <laughs> that was a very good joke. Sorry. Yeah, I, I agree with that. They um, it, they could very much have filmed this all at because, once like, this and whole... then just gone, well, we'll put credits here, 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 and here. Because these episodes weren't the same length. This whole thing could have been... This whole thing could have been Reva light. Just been not the whole Luke thing, not her backstory, just Obi-Wan, Vader have a fight, Obi-Wan loses, he goes and finds a reason to fight, comes back and they have a big fight at the end. And you probably get a pretty solid hour 45 movie because every scene where it's just those two, it's fantastic. And it's almost like they just shoehorned in an extra hour and a half of here's people who will be important in future TV series we're going to do. I have a little bit of a theory on what will happen with Reva. I was going to save this for the for the end, because it's a little bit of news, but I might as well check it in now. I think she's going to either be in the next game of Fallen Order and inform the story for that, because that's very much about the Inquisitors and running away from those. And maybe she can have an influence on Cal Kestis. And there's also speculation, semi-confirmation, that there will be a live-action Cal Kestis series coming out in the, the near future. So she could very much be a part of that. It would make sense. I mean... Good thing about that is it cannot happen on Tatooine, so that's good. That would be nice. Cannot have a ginger on a planet no. with three suns. <laughs> <laughs> Roast him. He lands up like Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru. So we get all our many, many endings. I mean, do you think we're going to see more Palpatine now in the Disney Plus shows? Is he like Ian McDermott? Although he's an absolute legend. He has one character, and then I don't know what he does on the side. So I can see him coming he back for more. He loves this, and both Ewan and Hayden both want to come back and do something. Now, Deborah Cho and Kathleen Kennedy have both said this was made as a limited series, and whilst fans do want a series two, unless there is a, a great story there to be had, it's not confirmed for now. But I think a Vader Emperor series is very, very likely, because people love that Hayden Christensen is back. And people love Ian McDermott. So to see, I think that's where the most growth is now. We've seen Vader defeated. How does he become so much more powerful? And the the relationship between the Emperor and Darth Vader is not really explored. In the, yeah. the originals, it's just kind of a, a cliche relationship between the Master and the Apprentice. He's like the evil monster type guy and the one's just the servant. But to see why Darth Vader fears him so much, knowing how powerful he is, I think that's what we've got to lean into. And I think that's likely because maybe why they steered away from it is because the Emperor, he's not just a push and pull guy and he's not just an electric guy. It's more leaning to like the, the mystical force and like controlling reality and shit like that, which is what Vader knows and what scares him. And Vader even delves into that in the comics. He tries to break into the afterlife to save Padme, or at least to contact her, uh, and it, which he does succeed in. I think I can't remember if it's a hallucination created by the Emperor, but there's some freaky deaky shit there. So Star Wars I think now has a fucking we've afterlife. Seen more cool stuff. Yeah, there's like really a force ghost that we're going to talk yes, about in true. two minutes. Yeah, yeah, no, that is true. <laughs> I think okay. While we're talking about this, before we get onto that, I do think it's interesting. So the way that they've They've brought back, obviously, Obi-Wan and... Well, they've brought back Ewan McGregor, Hayden Christensen, and they've kind of capitalised on the little nostalgia that they've got for the prequels. It's difficult because there's definitely a good story to be told after the original series because there's like 30-odd years that's unaccounted for there. 
and there's a good story to be told, but I don't know about you two, I don't care. If the alternative is sticking with characters that are more kind of interesting and sticking with Vader, sticking with Obi-Wan, I'm like, yeah, I want to see that instead of whatever the interim there would be. I'd be interested. I mean, the problem is they can't meet again, though. No. How many more times can we have them having a fight where they've got to keep explaining the line yeah. we discuss that you, I was the learner, you were the master. Like we can't keep getting closer and closer to that episode. And eventually he's got to become Ben Kenobi again. He's got to stop taking a part in all this rebellion stuff because Obi-Wan is a name he hasn't heard in a long time. <laughs> so he, and every time he goes and meets someone, that's what they call him. Yeah. And I don't know whether to shoehorn our joke from earlier in now, but how many boulders to the head do you have to take? <laughs> to the point where maybe three weeks is enough for you to think you haven't heard Obi-Wan in a long time. Yeah. I think both of them have taken enough hits to the head that when they next meet, they'll have no recollection of when they last met. You can have an entire two, three, four, five series more of this, and it'll all be me. And me just like, hold on, Vader is Anakin? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, like no matter what happens now, like Hayden Christensen wants back yes, in. Definitely. I can't see him being in a Obi Wan Kenobi season two. I think he needs his own thing. I agree. Which would be excellent. Like the Jedi hunting years, that that a dark show about that time period, I'd be all in for and Obi Wan Kenobi needs to do all the shit he does to explain why he goes from being Ewan McGregor to Alan, Alec Guinness in ten years time. Sitting in the sun. Like, he's gotta he's gotta have a rough ten years. He's sat, in, he's sat under the three suns. He's got a really hard paper round. <laughs> I would even say that I'm kind of tired of the Jedi on Jedi stuff. I wouldn't mind just seeing what Vader was outside of that and how he was out there creating this empire, dominating planets and things like that, leading armies. You know, why are people so afraid of him? It's not just the Jedi spreading stuff. They're hiding. So I want to see why everyone else in the galaxy is so afraid of Vader. And more neck snapping. I want I mean, way more some... neck snapping. <laughs> well, at some point, he's got to stop all the neck snapping and shit, right? Because it literally gets described as a hokey religion ten years from now. So he can't just be going around flinging people or like with magic and everyone just be like, "Oh, hokey, that isn't it? A lot of bullshit." Just it, it, it's not that hokey when he can do all the stuff he does. So eventually, he's got to stop publicly snapping necks and throwing and dragging people around. And putting like setting things on fire, and it does seem. I mean, we've talked about the bizarre. I think you two talked in the last episode about the weird technology in this universe, which is at the same time incredibly advanced and absurdly simplistic. Yeah, where you know <laughs> a ship can be broken and then you fix it by a robot smashing its head into it. That kind of level of technology, and the way that the force turns into. Uh, a it gains a mythical status, I think, is because no one's got any kind of recording device. So, yeah. or Photoshop's just amazing in, the, in in this galaxy. And it's like that's no, all fake. Yeah, it's all hope. It's like those you. I think I mentioned this last week as well. It just reminded me of the YouTube videos of fake martial arts masters when they're just using chi. Yeah, everyone just think everyone just thinks that's what Jedi's are ten years fake from news. now. <laughs> um. We stopped shy of the last few minutes of this episode, which, I mean, the last few little bits of fan service. So let's let's cover those. I'd like to start off by saying, ha ha ha, gotcha. I'm taking the extra point. 
from episode one when I said that Obi-Wan would say, hello there. Yes. You get I, I went the complete opposite way. Yes. And it was brilliant. I loved it. And it sounded the perfect blend between Alec Guinness and the prequels era Obi-Wan. I replayed it a few times because it made me feel, ooh, it was very nice. Mm-hmm. I loved that. It was a nice little touch. I mean, I think I made the better prediction, though. Well, they we wouldn't. got Liam Neeson back. Yeah, I've not been looking forward he to this. He was forgiven. Di- and Disney then- let Qui-Gons be Qui-Gons. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. Very good. I also wrote the, the punchline, there's always a bigger kosh, but I couldn't get a joke to fit with it. <laughs> well, what I was going to say is that... Um, so I'll just stick it in there. What I was going to say is my favourite my favorite bit of this episode was when Qui-Gon showed up as a Force ghost, and then Obi-Wan said... Uh, excuse me, but actually you can't be a force ghost because you never finished your training. Well, that is what we all accepted before now. Where has he been? Where (laughs) has he been? Okay, he just wasn't ready to see I want to know why he would... Why would he accept training from this guy? I'd be like, you made me train the fucking monster. Why would I listen to you? (laughs) Your last words were, train the boy. (laughs) Have you seen what you've done? Yeah, there should have been a bit of annoyance there straight away. You're right. (laughs) Look what you've done! I think that is a nice ending because obviously we see Obi-Wan now leave Luke it and was leave nice him in the care of Baru and Owen. And it gives us an idea now of what Obi-Wan will be doing other than just sitting around in the desert for nine years. So at least we'll know he'll be, in theory, out there training and learning from Qui-Gon and everything he's known having been dead. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, he can't be training that hard, as we've said. He's mostly sunbathing. And uh, equality and diversity seminars, I imagine. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's the training he was inviting him to. We've got a lot of training to do. He's into a big grey room and HR is at the front. (laughs) Mace Windu sat in the corner, filling out a form. Um, yeah, I mean, there was a there was something that didn't come to pass, as is always the case. Everyone expects a big cameo, and it doesn't come. No Mace Windu. Is this confirmation that he is, in fact, dead? I'm still got okay. faith. So I'm using up a lot of stuff I was saving for the end here, but I do want to mention this now because we're talking about This him. is the end here. Please tell me this is the end. <laughs> <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson has recently said he's done chasing Oscars in movies. He now only wants to do roles he enjoys, like... Nick Fury and Mace Windu. He specifically mentioned Mace Windu. And he's even spoken to Bryce Dallas Howard, who we worked on a film with recently and obviously who directed some of the episodes of The Mandalorian, um, because I believe she's getting possibly her own Star Wars movie soon. So he's been on her case about getting Mace Windu back. She said, if it will work, that means if she can get permission. But how many times can you say no to Samuel L. Jackson? Yeah, I- you know, he wants this. It's going to happen at some point. The fans want this. We all I mean, want it's a lot, this. Yeah, it's a lot like Obi-Wan. I mean, it's instant viewers, isn't it, really? No one's going to not tune into that. Mm, yeah. That was awesome. Be interesting to know what he's been up to. Uh, I actually had a kind of an idea on like it. That which... will take development because he's he's not in the extended universe stuff, is he? So it will all have to be developed by writers. Yes, which I think is uh, why has he not been it. seen in 10 years? I think... This is an idea you had, and I was kind of playing off this, but obviously he was beaten on Coruscant and he fell from that that tower. And Coruscant has quite like a, a huge underground area that's filled with like mob bosses and things like that. There's like this whole, whole grimy underground, crimey area 
assumably is where he would have ended up. So I think it'd be interesting to see him, you know, trying to work his way out of there. Where that goes, I guess, is what also they're struggling with, because how do you explain that he's not been around for so many years? So maybe it is just a limited series where it ends up with him dying, but I don't think people want to see him dying either. Do you reckon we get like a Gandalf fall when he's going down? Yeah. Like that scene in Lord of the Rings, yeah. <laughs> but he's got to fight his hand. It's the only <laughs> <laughs> for four days and four nights <laughs> uh, well, I just want to kind of wrap up what I enjoyed about this series altogether and some of the kind of things I want to go back on because when we started this I was very down on Leia and it not being a Luke focused series I completely take that back we've seen enough of Luke in things he's gotten the, the spotlight in Star Wars so much it was nice to see Leia getting some of the love and seeing what she was like as a child. And this era in particular has been just so good to see into. Um, I loved Obi-Wan's arc, you know, terrified at the beginning of the series of what Vader is and of being found and failing his mission and then seeing him go full fucking Super Saiyan at the end. Oh, boys, I love that shit. I love that shit. Anything you want to mention? Um, I mean, I would have said that we'd seen enough of Leia, but... And I think I probably had that opinion at the start. But yeah, look, like I said earlier, um, I came around to liking her character. And I think it was a good, I think it was a good point to end on. I'm going to say I hope that they don't do a series two because there's a tendency to, there's, there's obviously an emphasis to cash in. And uh, I think it's, they've left it at the right point. Apart from the nitpicks that I've got, like, you know, where did that lifeboat go? And why does the Empire forget all about Leia? Those kind of little little niggles. Apart from that, I think this is a good point to, to end on. Cool. I would say uh, the threat's already there, mate. We're getting an oversaturation of Star Wars TV shows. You don't bring in Kamel Nanjani, O'Shea Jackson Jr. and Moses Ingram unless you're going to use them after this. And the talk that he had with, um, I honestly, I don't remember his name. O'Shea Jackson Jr.'s character, the ship captain. Yeah, you're going to be a great leader. We're going to see that. We're going to see what becomes of Reva. We're going to see Kamel Nanjani's full character 180. That's all coming. But I don't think that has to be a season two of Obi-Wan. That'll be something else, I think. No, no, no I think I'm we're saying. getting extended universe. I just hope to God they don't all get their own. No, I like think it'll all be... Spin-offs of spin-offs is fine. Cross-pollination across all these different shows now. Obviously, we've got Ahsoka coming out. Uh, we've got Tales of the Jedi, which is October, I think, really soon. Uh, we even have Andor. And Liam Neeson's back for that, right? Um, yes, Liam Neeson is back for that. He'll be voicing Qui-Gon for an episode. And or what? Andor. Oh, 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 he got me again. <laughs> well, lovely boys. I've enjoyed that. That really confused me because last week in Cambodia, I was at Angkor Wat and I was like, is that a joke on me? Surely not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've been on holiday. Yeah, I thought I'd drop that in again. We'll be done, boys. I think that's all I've got. Thank you all so much for joining us as we took in Obi-Wan Kenobi. I know we didn't drop that bonus episode like I promised last week, but it will be out next Thursday at the normal time. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at So You Think Pod, and please leave us a five-star review if you could. It would really help us out. 
After that, we'll be back to our old ways with small soldiers. I've been practicing that. Until then, may the force be with you. And also with you. <laughs> I didn't think you'd do it.